Welcome to Get Coached with Super Coach Subhash Sivi. The founder of Regal Unlimited, who after coaching hundreds to better lives and careers, is here to help you. On to our conversation with Subhash. Get coached yourself or create a career in coaching. Subhash is here to tell you how. Yeah. So hello. Hi, hi, Marcos. Great to connect with you. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, yeah. Uh, so you know, we we have one essential requirement to invite guests like you on this. It's that we expect them to wear multiple hats. I mean, there's one thing we we kind of look up, and we know that you wear multiple hats. Uh, uh, you know, for the benefit of the listeners. Uh, Marcos is uh, head of general manager India and a member of the board at GI Group, an Italian company, a Spanish citizen, has traveled widely, studied in uh, Bangkok and Hanoi, holds an MBA, of course. Uh, has been in India for the last three plus years. Is a fitness enthusiast, from what I have seen, and I also know him as a keen learner, a voracious reader. And also vipassana practitioner, so mindfulness is is integral to his lifestyle. I think all these are elements that make one a good leader, right? Uh, anything I missed, Marcos? Uh, that is your passion that I've not covered. I think it's a it's a very good overview. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, you know, for the benefit of the listeners, this is a series of talks we are having with leaders, practicing leaders, successful leaders. Where they share their journey in leadership. The focus is primarily on leadership, and you know the whole game on leadership has just shifted gears. Partly external pressure, to some extent internal for many of us. Uh, so we are redefining, and and as we seem to get back to the new normal, I think it's good time to pick up the lessons, valuable lessons that we have learned, and move ahead with you know renewed vigor and vitality. So uh, I start on leadership. Uh, Marcus, what is leadership for you at, at a very broad level? I think that's the million-dollar questions. I guess. Huh? Uh, is I, I think is a. I will not go by dictionary. I will uh, share with you what is my very personal understanding of leadership. Uh, hmm. For me, uh, uh, leadership is um, uh, the role that uh, a person has in supporting a team to achieve their um, objectives. Uh, I, I can share with you, you know, something that uh, a person uh, that I know uh, many years ago, uh, uh, when I was 20-something, huh? I met uh, a person that was a family member of a friend of mine, mm -hmm. and he was a, a very uh, important person in Bank of America. Huh? You're coming from banking, huh? Mm -hmm. uh, I was back in the 90s. Huh? I mean, many of the listeners, maybe they just have born or even not, huh? so yes. we are, we're getting old here. So uh, <laughs> as a 20-something, um, the person has a very senior position, and uh, we've been, you know, in a very relaxed mode talking, um, and then I asked him, you know, what are you doing? You know, what what this kind of people, because for me, being super junior, for me, this person was super top in the mountain, and I said, what are you doing, you know, uh, as a such a big guy, you know, owning a PNL of thousands of millions of dollars, uh, managing thousands of people across the country of U.S., 
what is your work? How do you do this? And then he said, it's very simple. Huh? I sit down uh, at home, I do calls, and I make sure that the people uh, below me has all the tools and all the things and uh, let's say the environment and conditions to do their jobs. Mm. So I work for them, not they work for me. And there's a deal. At the end of the year, they need to deliver or I cut their heads. He was a <laughs> German original guy. Very uh, of course, we need to, he said all this with a big smile in, uh, in the face. Sure. But for me, it was uh, very, you know, um, it was, you know, enlightening. Because uh, first of all, the idea that uh, I work for them, they yeah. don't work for me. That's a, a very, very, it, it, since then, I, I keep this always in mind. And also the idea of, uh, you know, you facilitate uh, their work in the day-to-day so they can deliver. I think that's important. And of course, you know, the last part also is important. Huh? Whenever these conditions are created, and the conditions are many, huh? the conditions are starting from the salary and the working conditions and the agreement that you have with the company, but also uh, the conditions of the networking that you allow to, to have, the way you utilize the rest of the team, the way you, you, uh, you know, activate the culture, uh, all this, you know, you need to, to uh, the effective leader needs to do all this. So the effective leader for me is working for the team, not the other way around. I don't it's know if you your no. For me, you know, work, I work for them is so much ahead of time. And you know, the second part that you said, it's also about accountability, right? Perform versus perish was relevant then it is relevant today also yeah mm-hmm. that, that leads me to the second question of leadership marcos is that you know you came to india and you know almost uh, covid happened immediately after that how has leadership changed for you over the last 3 years in the middle of the pandemic yeah that's a good question i think um uh, i have the feeling that <clears throat> um how can i put this you can learn a lot of things how to be a good leader. Huh? I mm-hmm. read the books. Uh, I saw the PowerPoint presentations from the great gurus. Uh, you know the you know the usual answer to the typical questions, and, and that's important. Huh? I think you you because uh, being a leader also is, is you need to know the material, huh? the, the, yes. the way of, of working, and there are tools that you need to learn. Everything can be learned. But um, the important thing is that you absorb this into your person. Mm. Because, uh, you know, sometimes when you're working, uh, you act, and sometimes you are your real Marcos. Uh? Yes, yes. The more you are in the second stage, the more you are real, I think the more credible you are. You can mm. fake sometimes, and you need to... Fake is a, it has a negative connotation that I don't like. Um, probably it's not fake, but probably better word will be, you need to accommodate your behavior to the circumstances around sometimes. Mm-hmm. I put a simple example. Sometimes you're meeting with certain stakeholders that maybe you don't like. Of course, you cannot be you. You, you are working on representation of an organization, so you need to take an elevated position and, and, and deal with this person on the most professional and polite way you can. You cannot be always you. 
That's what I want yes. to say. Understood. The more you are in this situation, the more real. We are, as a human beings, we are very good at perceiving subtle feelings, subtle messages. If you are always in this uh, representation that I said before, people know it. They don't know why, but they know that you are not real. Yes. The more you're real, the better. What happened in COVID? Uh, it was an extreme situation. You cannot represent anything. People were there confronted with an extreme, you know, pressure, both on a personal side, on a, you know, environment and on business. So whatever you learn and whatever books you learn, unless they are already embedded in yourself, forget about it. So I think uh, in majority of cases, if not all the cases I know, people just start reacting being themselves. They forgot mm -hmm. all the books, they forgot, and then you behave as, as you are, you know? Yeah. No, no mask, no double thoughts. You just act with the values and the, you know, and the, and the personality that you have, good or bad, uh, it depends on the situation. Uh, and for me, it was definitely, uh, it's not me, I have to judge how I did it, you know? Uh, probably you can have a second round with uh, uh, people from my team and they will uh, let you know. Sure. But um, for me, it was, uh, you know, a jump ahead because mm. working and living just straight without any filter, without any second thought, it was a feeling of, uh, in a way of liberation, if I may say so, you know? Yeah. With, uh, it allowed me to, you know, deal with the pressure on a, a very easy way. And, and when there is, I believe, when there is no conflict between yourself and the way you work, you can manage pressure, you can manage everything because you just, it's another day in the office. You behave as yourself. You go there, you solve problems, but you don't, you are not in an internal conflict, you know? So, um, I think it was definitely an acid test for leaders. Yes. Uh, some of them, uh, they were uh, well done. Some of them, they just learned. <laughs> Probably, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yes. but it was a, a great taste. Of course, professionally speaking, on a personal uh, level, of course, it was a drama. But uh, on a strictly professional side, I think it was worth it more than hundred MBAs. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. So uh, you know, the the sorry to use the jargon, the jargon that we listen hear so often. It's about being open to authenticity and being vulnerable, right? That pretty much summarizes what you said. You can't fake. Mm. I mean, you could never fake. I mean, uh, that's something that we knew, but yeah, this challenged that uh, position here. Uh, just shifting gears here with your permission, Marcus. You, you know, you you born to a culture. You studied in a culture. You you have done some travel you know, to some exotic places like Burma uh, and. Uh, you know, so you have, and of course, you have worked in India and you have also kind of associated with your uh, European uh, colleagues, right, at the company. Mm -hmm. How does culture connect these dots for you as a leader? Um, I think culture is a, is a very interesting um, concept. I think um, culture uh, on any level you want to consider, huh? either a culture of a company, of an organization, or a culture of a country, yes. or the culture of any group of uh, human beings that you can consider. I consider the culture as an onion. It has layers. Mm. Huh? Mm. 
So while external layers might be very different, huh? of course, Indian culture doesn't have any uh, almost not apparent connection to Swiss culture. That, that yes. was the, the last organization that I've been. I came from Switzerland to India, from a Swiss organization to an Indian organization. Sure. I don't see many more changes that are so dramatic in terms of in terms of culture. Sure. But when you're there, you realize that when you remove the external layers, huh, you remove, uh, you know, all the, let's say, superficial, you know, uh, look and feel, if I allow us to say, um, layers, the core are always the same. People want... Um, you know, the best for their families. People want security. People want to be better today than tomorrow. People want, uh, people want a number of things, and these are universal. So uh, what you think, I think you, you need to do is to uh, avoid the lighting and go to the core, because mm -hmm. in the core you connect at any cultural level. And then from there, you can expand. And then you can put the flavors and the colors uh, that are needed. And then, of course, uh, uh, after almost four years in India, I think I, I, I understand, you know, the external layers uh, quite a bit. Yes. Four years ago, I couldn't see. If I, if I address culture without removing the external layers, I would completely wrong. So uh, you need to go to the core of, of, of the values, you know, and that also connects a little bit with what I was saying before about leadership. Also, if you feel that you connect from the deep, you know, values that you have and you exert, you know, the leadership in this very honest, direct, no filter way, the connection is clear. You can connect with an Indian, you can connect with a Swiss, with a Spaniard, with a born American, you can connect everywhere because you're connecting at a very foundational, uh, you know, level of, of their culture. Being culture, as I said, uh, country-wise, organizational-wise, organization, yeah. any kind of uh, you know group of human beings you want to consider. Yeah, beautiful. You know, at the, the core, there are more similarities than differences, right? That's a beautiful thought, and you know that also kind of reminds me of that classical definition of coaching, which is linked to the potential. The potential is within everyone, right? And and I love the mm -hmm. point that you made. Everyone. Loves the family, wants to work, wants to grow, wants to learn, right? I mean, that's at the core of every human existence. Yeah, beautiful. Which also brings me to another the point on coaching. You know, you, you are a coach yourself. You have, you know, you have read extensively, learned extensively, practiced extensively, and also still went through the process of being a client, right, for coaching. What, how coaching is important for a leader? I think it's, a, it's a, a very, very important tool for uh, for leader because allows allows you and allow me to come back to the same idea because I think it's important. Everything is, is somehow connected. Yes. Allows you to connect on a very fundamental, basic, root level to the people. So you are able to uh, connect one by one, you know, with the with the person. Dedicate thirty minutes, one hour, whatever the length of the session, you know connect with this person uh, and address their own uh, hopes, fears, problems, issues on a very uh, direct way. 
and on a very um, equal way. I think um, you are the expert and you will correct me if I'm wrong, but I think uh, when you are in a real coaching session, it's not, uh, you should be, you know, at the same level. There is no one that is Absolutely. above or below. Yes. You need to connect yes. on, a, on the same level. doesn't yes. matter this person is your direct report or is that new guy that is just joined two weeks ago in Super Junior and you are 20 years away from one each other. At this hour, you are equal and you are sharing your personal experience, your personal, uh, you know, uh, luggage, you know, of experiences and on tools to go into uh, certain areas that uh, the Kuchi wants, wants to, to explore. So I think it's very important. I think that was one of the uh, tools that we implemented uh, in GI India uh, a few years ago, uh, mm -hmm. that all the senior management is, is offering uh, coaching sessions to, uh, to the team, selected group of people of the team. Uh, the feedback was very, very nice. And um, I think it's something that uh, definitely we will need to continue doing. So, uh, so what you're saying is it's still about connecting with that person at a, on an equal term. We call it and we borrow this from uh, transaction analysis as an adult to adult. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, you know, what what do you want? I mean, as, as you plan your uh, transition from the current role to the future role, what is it that your colleagues in India want to remember you for? Oh. Ten years down the line, what is it that they would uh, you want them to remember? I think... Uh, uh... I'm, I'm too humble to, to say it myself. I think you need to, to ask uh, uh, my, my team and probably ask um, in a couple of years because I think um, the true value of a work, uh, um, and I'm quoting you know, some ideas of uh, uh, one of the big, best books that I read uh, from Good to Great. I'm, I'm sure you comments. know the book. Um, yeah. I think uh, you know the true value of a, of a assignment uh, in a company is not what you achieve; is how this resists the time. Yes. How this evolves. Huh? Yeah. Um, the results of GI, for instance, in, in 2021 is going to be the best results ever of the organization. And of course, I'm I'm happy and I'm, and my uh, little Spaniard ego is fulfilled <laughs> about this. I think it will be a failure, and I'm saying now in November 2021, it will be a failure project if 2022, the results are not into the same direction. can be Absolutely. a bit more or a bit less, but at least that, uh, you know, whatever we created resists uh, the pass of time. Absolutely. So um, I think uh, in terms of legacy, you know, uh, time is the uh, ultimate judge, you know, and probably uh, I... I uh, propose you to have uh, this question in a couple of years and see, sure. I will give you, you know, the, the proper answer. Sure, yeah. I, I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, the, the foundations are laid for a, for a great legacy, for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that also takes me to something, slightly a personal question, a topic of my keen interest, you know. Uh, during pandemic, did you pick up any new hobby? <laughs> my hobby? Yeah, yeah. Any new hobby during the pandemic because uh, the lifestyle changed? Oh, yeah. I was doing, uh, okay, on a personal level, I was uh, pushing myself to do yoga uh, in the first part, but mm -hmm. <laughs> I think I'm getting too old to get yoga and I hurt my knee. And I okay. had, you know, my meniscus was uh, broken. Okay. So I had to uh, undergo a surgery, you know, uh, about this. Uh, yes. 
I um, I had to stop this hobby that I was going uh, very deep, you know, during the first part of the pandemic. So basically, I, I went back into my, uh, you know, basic hobby, you know, the basics are, you know, very simple, you know. I love Correct. movies, you know, uh, so intensively Netflix and, and similar things, you know, explore up and down, reading books. I read like, a, you know, since I was a teenager, I was not reading uh, as much as I was reading. And that was a, a great pleasure. Uh, trying to meet friends, you know, I, I did uh, also um, uh, a training course of uh, enology, you know, about okay. wines, you know, I love wine, moderate, sure. but uh, sure. lover. Um, I tried to be active, you know, I think it was a um, pandemic cut our social life in, in many angles. Yes. So um, I tried to utilize, you know, this extra time the best way I could. Okay. Last question, uh, Marcos. Uh, you know, there are a lot of young leaders who, who listen to our podcast and watch these videos. One piece of advice for those aspiring leaders that you would want to leave it? I think you don't have to be afraid. Huh? Uh, I think uh, um, most of the fears, I think, uh, I don't remember exactly the quote or even who said this, but there was a quote that was saying something like, uh, majority of the fears are in the mind. Few of them are real. And you realize this with the pass of time. So when you are a 20-year-old uh, you know, young executive or engineer or whatever uh, your profession is going to be, you have a lot of fear. You have a lot of insecurities. Allow me to be impolite. These are all bullshit. Majority of them, they are not real. So uh, try to assess yourself. Always keep a, a, a feet on the ground. Huh? That doesn't mean that you become... Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, pedantic. Uh, you know, uh, not humble person. You have to be humble, but keep the, the worries and fears, you know, on the pocket. Because just by working hard, try to build yourself as a human being, as I was saying before, trying to learn things, trying to offer to your colleagues and after to your teams uh, solutions. Work for them. Try to be a better person. You know, just work hard. You know, avoid fears. Try to uh, you know be sure that uh, everything will work out and work hard. There is no secret recipe on this. Brilliant, brilliant, Marcus. Be fearless, work hard. Yeah, yeah. I can't agree more on that. Yes. <laughs> and your life is a testimony of those values also. Once again, thanks for taking time from a busy schedule as you, you know make your transition plans and talking to us. We hope to connect maybe face to face sometime somewhere. It's a small world post-pandemic, and, and wish you all the success in your new role and thereafter. Yeah. Thank Great you very connecting. much. Thank you very much for the invitation, and for sure we'll meet very soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. That's your dose of getting coached. Get in touch with Subhash at www.regalunlimited.com or write to him at subhash at regalunlimited.com Subhash, tell us something about yourself and how you started coaching.